Welcome back to The Conversation and Happy New Year. This podcast is sponsored by Single Throw Marketing, a digital-first, full-service, Google Premier Partnered Agency. Check us out at singlethrow.com to learn how to beat your competitors. Today, I have the pleasure of having in-house, in-studio, Dr. Tara Chalakani. Dr. Tara is currently the Chief Executive Officer at Preferred Behavioral Health Group, a trauma-informed organization headquartered in Monmouth and Ocean County, which serves over 30,000 people each year in over 70 programs and 15 counties in New Jersey. Hi, Tara. Hey, Gina. How are you? I'm doing great. How's it going? Good, good. Really busy. Yeah, yes, it is really busy. It's the start of the new year. And Tara is the CEO, newly appointed, of Preferred Behavioral Health in New Jersey. So congratulations on your new position. Thank you. Must be so exciting. It is. It is. So tell me about what you were doing previously and how you transitioned into this role. Okay. So um, I've been in healthcare, honestly, for over 30 years. I started in high school as a medical receptionist and a medical assistant and went on to become a nurse. And it was very rewarding. And I did lots of things as a nurse. And, you know, all of my positions, no matter what realm, ended up in leadership roles. And then uh, life shifted and I decided to go back to school and I became a psychotherapist Okay. and entered the field of mental health and behavioral health. And, you know, again, my career really is very diverse. One role led to another, to another. I started out in hospitals, then went to nonprofit, then for-profit, started programs, and I'm back in the nonprofit world, which I love. And I tell people that I have a for-profit brain and a nonprofit heart. I love that. <laughs> um, so, you know, um, I, I love making a difference and helping people and being able to have an impact in in that realm, but it's also nice to be a successful businesswoman and to create jobs and opportunities for others. Awesome. So tell me about preferred behavioral health. Okay, so we are, uh, like I said, a large nonprofit. We've been in New Jersey for over 45 years, and our footprint is really in Ocean and Monmouth counties, but we do provide services in 15 out of the 21 counties in New Jersey. Okay. We provide a full spectrum of behavioral health care from zero to 104 years old. So oh, wow. We have prevention programs, traditional therapy, day programs, the full spectrum of substance use services, residential, school-based services, crisis response. I mean, you name it, we do it. It's over 70 programs. Wow. Yes. That's awesome. And, And it's free? Um, well, not all. Okay. We do have <laughs> yeah. we do have some grant funded programs that are at no cost to the clients, but we do participate in all major insurance plans and the federal plans of Medicaid, Medicare. Yeah. Um, but it depends on the program really. Awesome. So mm-hmm. you're just trying to make a difference. Absolutely. Because you know, mental mental health and you know, I've kind of had some people on our podcast previously talking about mental health, it's something now that's widely accepted and people are you know no shame in talking about it because you know everybody has some sort of something happening Mm -hmm. so tell me about how it's so important to you know make sure that you're making self-care a priority with your mental health because it's such a big thing these days absolutely and self-care isn't selfish and I think especially as women self-care 
sounds sometimes or feels indulgent, but right. it is necessary. Mm -hmm. It is like air. If we do not take care of ourselves, we cannot absolutely take care of anybody else. Right. And one of the things that we're really proud of at Preferred is that we're a trauma-informed organization which means our whole organization, regardless of what their role is, is educated on the impact of trauma, what that looks like. And one of the main domains of being trauma-informed is that we really encourage self-care in our staff. Okay. And we tell our staff, probably ad nauseum, that you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you are not recharging your batteries, if you are not rejuvenating yourself, if you're not taking care of yourself, you are not gonna be able to do the work. And you're not going to be able to help Absolutely. those coming to you. Absolutely. And it leads to burnout and compassion fatigue because everyone in my field has a huge heart. You know, yeah. the, the first thing we want is to help. Right. And sometimes that comes at the price of not taking care of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So you work with men and women, but tell me about the passion for women and striving to empower them, you know, with self-care, mental health and beyond. Absolutely. I guess it started, you know, as a child, um, you know, I was born to a teen mom and um, because she was a teen, my grandparents, primarily my grandmother had a very significant impact in my life. Mm -hmm. So I feel like women have kind of been the center of my world and yeah. Um, I'm, I wouldn't be who I am today without the, the network of friends that I have. It's a sisterhood and we all build each other up and, you know, being in nursing first and now in mental health, those are female dominated, yeah. you know, careers. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I, I see, you know, we still live in a world where a woman makes 72 cents to a man's dollar. Women are expected to do everything. I was actually just listening to an, another podcast this morning that was talking about women executives and how our time is not valued um, and we're expected to just do so many tasks that aren't even acknowledged or accounted for. Yeah. Um, but, and I think that I wouldn't be who I am today without the support of the women around me. And it's just really important that I lift women up. I love to mentor. I love to promote. I love to give raises. Yeah. You know, I want to, to make a difference in that, that area of my profession as well. Yeah, it's so important to really just kind of make sure that you're, you know, empowering the women around you, especially yes. in a leadership role. So you are now the newly appointed CEO. You've been in this role for, you know, a couple of weeks now. How are you enjoying it? Well, it's a lot, um, and but it's it's a lot in a good way. And I have a lot of ideas and a lot of future plans, and definitely growth is part of that because there are so many people that need our services and that need our help. And there's a lot of gaps, mm -hmm. um, especially for disenfranchised and marginalized populations that don't have access. So, you know, I'm going to be busy. That's right. for sure. Right. The demand is there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's great. So, yeah, again, congratulations Thank on your new you. role. Thank and we're you. looking forward to some exciting things coming yes. from you and Preferred. Thank you. So I want to kind of go back to something you said earlier about how your model is very trauma-informed. Tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about that. We've heard a little about this trauma-informed therapy and how to treat it and what it is. But tell me about how you guys handle that, you know, on a case-by-case -case basis and even more importantly with children. Absolutely. So, um Trauma-informed means that we, we know that pretty much everyone that crosses our paths has experienced some form of trauma in our life. 
The statistic is that it's seven out of 10 adults have experienced trauma. Seven out, out of, of 10? 10. Wow. And 90% of anybody that has a mental health disorder. But my challenge is it's probably 10 out of 10 because yeah. Even if someone thinks, you know what, I really haven't had trauma in my life. Nothing bad has happened to me. Trauma is also your circumstances and COVID yeah. was traumatic. Yeah, for everyone. Everyone. It was an equalizer. Yeah. We were scared. Um, we, we saw people suffering. We couldn't be together for, for milestone events. It, it changed our, our lives. Yeah. So. Even if prior to COVID, someone was bold enough to say, yeah, I've never really been through anything traumatic. Yeah. Well, now we kind of all have, right. you know, we can agree on that. So that mindset means that when someone walks through our doors, they need to feel safe and they need to know that there's nothing that will transpire that would ever re-traumatize them. Mm -hmm. So our whole company is trained on what trauma looks like, um, how to engage people, how to take care of themselves, because we can suffer from vicarious trauma too. L yeah. Listening to people's stories every day, it, it, it makes a, an impact. It's got to be hard on you it guys. Does. Yes, yes. And it takes its toll. And we don't want our staff to be burnt out. We don't want them to have compassion fatigue because it's a real phenomenon in our line of work. Wow, I never really heard of that compassion fatigue. Yeah. Makes total sense. It just takes a toll. And you have to have boundaries. You have to have an off switch. You have to take time for yourselves. Mm -hmm. And very much so in our fields, but but in every field. We need to, and that's the other thing that COVID did. We don't have time off really anymore. We're emailing at all hours of the night. Right. It's like the work no from time. home. Exactly. Yeah. We blurred the boundaries. And yeah. boundaries are necessary for healthy relationships with ourselves and others. Right. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a lot this past couple of years. Yes. So I just I do want to give a big shout out to all the healthcare workers out there who have yeah. been worked tirelessly. You know, nurses and everyone above. You Absolutely. know, with mental health. And I appreciate you bringing awareness to this because the more we normalize it and the more we have these conversations, the less stigmatizing it will be yeah. to, to get help. I mean, we talk about who we go to for Botox. We talk about our pap smears, mammograms, you know, and God mm -hmm. knows what else. But right. therapy still has a stigma to it. Yeah, I know. And hopefully we'll get past there. I hope Eventually, so. but yeah, it's making strides and especially with people like you in leadership roles and empowering, you know, women and men and everything with the mental health stigma is really helping along the way, um, not only in New Jersey, but nationwide as well. Yes. So uh, switching gears a little, talking to me about children and mental health. Mm -hmm. So this has been on the rise, especially with COVID, um, you know, keeping some kids home and at valuable ages when they're in the middle of their development and cognitive skills and things like that. Tell me what you've seen with kids and trauma-informed therapy? Sure. The need for mental health services for children has really skyrocketed. And of all of the populations that were affected most by COVID, children were really hit the hardest because they're social animals. Yeah. You know, they need to be in school. They need to be with, with children their own age. And that all came to a, a screeching halt. Mm -hmm. And Prior to the pandemic, we knew statistically that one out of every five children had a diagnosable mental health disorder. Not that they were getting help for it, but we knew that that was the statistic. Right. And now it's 51%. Oh, wow. And the biggest is, you know, really anxiety, depression, just being stressed out. So we're seeing suicidal 
ideation, you know, thoughts of suicide, attempts, they're all on the rise. And more with younger children, like eight to 10 year olds, we've seen a significant increase. Yeah. So it's definitely true. It's definitely something that we're seeing. Um, and, you know, not only am I the CEO of an organization, but I also do maintain a private practice because I want to stay clinical. Oh, and, wow. So and, you're very busy. Yeah. <laughs> and do the work. So I have a, a, a small private practice in, in uh, Monmouth County in Brielle. And I get the most requests for six and seven year olds really, more than any other population. Mm-hmm. And there aren't a lot of providers that work with little kids. Yeah, There are, you know, a number that'll say, oh, I'll work with 13 and up. But the little kids really, they're lacking resources. So that's also something that I want to expand at preferred because we really do have robust programming for children, yeah. but it needs to be even more more expansive yeah absolutely wow that's very interesting that it's that because they were inside during you know two years ago sure their early stages like four years old that's when they're starting to go to preschool and kindergarten and and how do you explain to children why you have to wear a mask why you can't go places why you can't hug people or yeah they don't have the capacity to really understand Mm -hmm. um so it's it's going to be interesting to see what this looks like years down the road. Yeah, for sure. Sure. I I definitely agree with that. And not to mention that screen time really has a negative impact on child development and mental health. Yeah, tell me about that. So, uh, I mean, the more time children spend on a screen, the more their brain changes, right? Mm -hmm. It's, It's having to process information at a much faster speed and Often they get exposed to things that they're not emotionally or developmentally ready to see. Yeah. And so prior to the pandemic, I was really out there educating people about, you know, get your kids off screens and get them off social media. Yeah. And then, bam. You well, know, TikTok kind of just, you know, <clears throat> oh, made know. everybody. <laughs> Everybody's on TikTok. Everybody's on TikTok. I have adults saying, well, I saw this on TikTok. And I'm like, oh, gosh, not you too. Not that it's not fun, but it can't be our hub for Well, now it's like they used to say if it's on the internet, it must be true. Now it's, it's if it's on TikTok. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but, but once COVID happened and we were all pivoting to being virtual, it's like all of that education just went out of the window because yeah. kids are on screens like minimum nine hours a day and oh my God. in school they're required oh, to yeah, have school, yeah. screens and they have to have it to do their homework. So it's, it, that's really made an impact too. Mm-hmm. And, and what they're seeing on social media. And listen, let's face facts, we're adults, and we have all seen something on social media that has upset us. The statistics is like 66% of adults have been upset, sad, depressed by something they saw on social media. And we're supposed to be with it, educated, involved. So how's a kid supposed to understand what it means when they ask a friend? you know, do you want to hang out? And they say, no, I can't. But then their Snapchat story shows them hanging out with other people. Right. You know, so there's rejection and that, you know, feeling is even greater for children that are under the LGBTQ umbrella. Mm-hmm. You know, they feel it even more deeply. So there's just, there's so much. It's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. 
What kind of therapist do you have at Preferred Behavioral Health? Oh my gosh, all kinds. All kinds. So 80% of our workforce is clinical. And okay. We have about 400 employees at the moment. Um, and so we have the whole gamut. You know, we have counselors, social workers, psychologists, psychiatrists, nurse practitioners. So, um, they all have different skill sets, you know, different specialties and mm -hmm. modalities. So we we are very intentional about our hiring process and making sure that we have people on staff that can meet the needs of whomever walks through our doors. Got it. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of people. It is. It's a lot to keep it track is. of. <laughs> and we're hiring. We're, we're down nice. quite a few positions. I'm sure, yeah, there is a healthcare shortage out there. There is. There is. Yes. yes. Um, tell me how you're combating that. Oh, gosh. I mean, we totally are keeping our, our fingers on the pulse in that, you know, we do staff satisfaction surveys. We listen to what people are saying. Um, we try as much as we can to invest in our staff, whether it was with holiday parties or we had a wellness day. You know, we try to be very deliberate about um, educational opportunities at, to at least retain the staff that we have. But with attracting new staff, you know, money is is a challenge, mm -hmm. um, and we've we've had a lot of interesting shifts in our industry. So I've shared with you that I have a private practice outside of my work hours, and a lot of us always have. But there was an impediment of rent and overhead and not wanting to incur that kind of financial burden. But now, you know, therapists can just hang a virtual shingle and have their own business and not leave their homes. So COVID has really been a game changer in that realm because anyone that maybe was hesitant to take on that risk mm -hmm, mm -hmm. doesn't really have much of a risk anymore. And they can be their own boss and they can stay home. But, you know, that sounds great, but it's also lonely. Yeah. And we really have a great culture at Preferred, and it's like a family, and family does come first. You know, we're very mindful of that with our staff because, listen, if, you, if you're at work and your child is homesick, you are not going to be focused right. 100%. Right. So we'd rather you be home with mm -hmm. your sick child because yeah. the work will be here tomorrow. We'll figure it out. So um, there is value in that, you know, working in an organization and having that support and having opportunities for whatever it is, whether it's education or networking or career advancement, but, but it has been a very interesting time for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You started out as a nurse and you've kind of risen your way up the rankings and you look like you're only 25 today. So <laughs> Thank how you. have you accomplished so much in such a short amount of time to really, you know, advice to women who are really trying to better themselves and advance in their careers? Sure. I think that first and foremost, nursing and, and being a psychotherapist is very, they're both interesting careers because nurses have full-time jobs and then they also work per diem elsewhere. Right. So I've always kind of had like, 45 jobs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like the nature of the game. Yeah. And, you know, I like to shop, so somebody has to, you know, finance that. Right, right. But uh, all joking aside, um, I, I think we have to not be afraid to take chances. And I think that that is something that I've always done. Mm -hmm. You know, when something equally excited me and scared the living crap out of me, yeah. I did it. Because I, I just... I don't know. Part of it is I get bored mm -hmm. um, and I have a really good inner barometer of when it's time to level up 
or move on. But I think we need to not be fearful. And I can't, you know, I've been a lifelong learner. I, I didn't get all of my degrees all at once. They've been like at different stages in my life. And mostly as, as a mother, I've gone back to school and I've met so many people that have said, oh, I want to go back to school too, but I'm going to wait until my kids are out of college. And then it doesn't happen. Right. And so I just, you know, I, I've always thought the time is now and time's going to pass anyway. And people have said, how did you do it? How did you go back to school? And I'm like, well, you know, I don't watch TV really. Mm -hmm. You know, I, and at the time when I was getting my doctoral degree, I said, you know, I have no idea what's going on on This Is Us. I'm not watching it, you know. <laughs> I know I fell so, off that one yeah, too. Yeah, so, I know, right? <laughs> but, but we have to just do it. And I think that, you know, I'm, I'm a mom and a stepmom of three beautiful women and a young man and I think it, it really it was important for them to see me doing that yeah you know and and now they know they can and they are all strong they're bad three badass women and a really I love it lovely young man who knows how to treat a woman and respects women and respects strong women so that's so important. I have no regrets I have no regrets so no fear I and yeah. we need to take those leaps take the chance we do not grow if we're comfortable we have to shake things up yeah that's great advice that's great advice well thanks again for coming in so happy to have you in studio and we are looking forward to some great things to come as the new ceo yes. um, of preferred behavioral health so good luck with everything thank keep you, us posted Gina. thank you so much the conversation is sponsored by single thrill marketing a digital first full-service marketing agency. We specialize in not only getting you found, but getting you chosen. Check us out at singlethrow.com for more information on how you can beat your competitors. Listen to The Conversation every other Wednesday anywhere podcasts are found. Follow us on Instagram at The Conversation, C-O-N-V-H-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N. And our link tree is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash conversation. Thanks for listening.